This morning's scripture reading will be coming from 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 3 through 10. If you, we are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is fitting, because as your faith grows exceedingly and the love of every one of you all abounds toward each other. So that we ourselves boast for you, of you among the churches of God for your patience and faith in all of your persecutions and tribulations, that you endure which is manifest evidence of the righteous judgment of God, that you may be counted worthy of the kingdom of God for which you also suffer. Since it is a, a righteous thing with God to repay with tribulation those who trouble you and to give you who are troubled rest with us this when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven with his mighty angels and flaming fire taking vengeance on those who do not know God and on those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. These shall be punished with everlasting destruction and, and for the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. When he, and he comes in that day to be glorified in his saints and to be admired, among all those who believe, because our testimony among you was believed. In the light of the songs that we sung, the joy in the morning, in light of the portion of scripture read by what we have as we anticipate the coming of the Lord and salvation with God eternally in heaven, makes you wonder why it would be those who would want to choose hell. It's a choice. It's a choice to serve God, to be faithful to Him, to have that hope of eternal life, and it's a choice to refuse God or His invitation for salvation through that blood of Jesus Christ and to suffer that eternal consequence as a result of that. Paul reminds us in the Roman letter and in chapter 1, verses 18 through 32, that creation tells you that there is a God, and therefore a man is without excuse. He has no reason or excuse that he can offer for not knowing about God. 
that would lead to understanding why it was necessary for Jesus to leave heaven and to come to this earth and to give his life as an atonement for our sins. Not for our sins only, but for the sins of the whole world. That the world would have that opportunity. The world would have that privilege if they so choose to believe, to escape the corruption that is in the world and to escape the eternal consequence for living a life in corruption to the world here. But we are reminded again in the Gospel of Matthew, in chapter 7, verses 13 and 14, about the broad way and the narrow way. And that many will choose that broad way that leads to destruction. And only a few will choose that narrow way that leads to life. But why choose hell? In essence, it goes back to Genesis 3. It goes back to the human race being offered two choices. The understanding of the choice of serving God in doing what he commanded, not partaking of that fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, or the choice of listening to Satan, who would say that, no, you will not die. Why would we choose a place of eternal torment, indescribable pain and anguish over that of an eternal bliss and blessing of God in heaven. The world is convinced that hell is not real. The majority of the world does not believe in a hell. And sad to say, most in the religious world do not believe in a literal hell. They've already minimized it, already changed what the Bible says, because of its being so horribly described in Scripture, that surely that is not what a loving God would do to any soul eternally. So again, the thought is placed on God. The obligation, responsibility is placed on God and not on man as an individual. Man wants to be able to live his life without suffering consequences. We see that in the physical world every day that we live. You look around and see those who break laws And do not believe that they're going to suffer a consequence for the breaking of that law. And even if they're caught, 
They believe that there's a chance that that sentence can be minimized, can be reduced, or a case can be thrown out of court by a misstatement of the judge in directing the jury in their deliberation. So we believe there's always an outside chance that we can escape that punishment here. And if I deny there's a reality of a punishment eternally, or if I believe there's an outside chance that I can escape that, or that it can be minimized, then they're willing to take that chance. It's hard for, excuse me, it's hard for human beings to grasp the concept of eternity. To really think about the eternity of nature of God and of Jesus, of the Holy Spirit, and that there will be an eternity following what we call time. But eternity has always been. And God, who cannot be in the presence of evil, and God, who cannot or will not tolerate those who are in disobedience to him, there is a punishment. And as one reads through the scriptures of that punishment, the description is horrific. Is really beyond comprehension. A place where the fire does not go out, a place where the worm dwelleth, eternal punishment, agony, are all those terms that are used. And to catch that glimpse of what Nolan read this morning in our reading, it is righteous. For God to do just that. It is righteous. The world wants to say that that cannot be correct. That that cannot be acceptable. That that would be in the light of a righteous, loving God. But the fact is, again, creation tells you that there is an eternal being who has created this universe. And again, Paul in Romans, 18, or Romans 1, verse 18 and following, would remind that it is human beings that have chosen not to retain truth, but to suppress it and to engage in unrighteousness. It is human beings that have chosen to exchange the truth of God for a lie and not follow the will of God. It's a choice that we make. But why would we make those choices in light of those consequences? Because we've listened to the wrong voice. We've listened to a voice that says 
It's not going to be. It's not going to be as bad as it's described. It's not going to be at all. They would rather choose to believe that when life is over for them in their wickedness, that's it. You just cease to exist. They will come up with all kinds of ways to try to avoid the answering of the question, what has God said concerning heaven and concerning hell? What makes a distinction? Why is heaven described as going down a narrow way? And few there be that find it. And why is hell described as a way that is led to by a broad way? And that many will go in thereat. That the multitude of humanity would choose that way. As human beings, we wrestle with it. We wrestle with that concept of man choosing eternal hell away from the presence of God. And they find it difficult that again, that the majority of people would choose such a way. And it seems awful judgmental that only a few would find that right way and a few that would choose to enter in at that straight and narrow way. Straight there is not simply a straight line. The meaning of the word has meaning difficult. Difficult in the sense that it really is asking you to choose what is beyond your comprehension and your expectations, to choose beyond what you believe is right or wrong or fair or just, and to accept the statement that God has given. It is said that Jesus spoke more on hell than he did on heaven. Warning human beings of that eternal consequence. And those descriptive terms that are used are again used to stagger the mind, to show how repulsive it is, and again, why would one choose it? There are those who would choose to go that way. And again, falsehood of religion leads many to that particular way. Reminded in the Old Testament in Isaiah 1, verses 10 through 17, that those of God people worship God in vain. 
would not listen or follow what God said. It's easy for human beings to want to give allegiance to God or to give allegiance to anything particularly. And it's another thing to give your heart, your soul, your mind completely to that. Those of Jesus' day, the reminder in Matthew 15, verses 8 and 9, In vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. In vain do they worship me, God said, to no purpose, to no avail. They've changed it. That sad commentary that I see in in the world in in which we live now, but Jesus always has already said it's going to wax worse and worse. There used to be a time when there was, rather they gave allegiance to God's word. They at least they believed it was God's word, and that it was not to be changed. Now we live in a society that honestly believes that it is acceptable to change God's written word, to publish it and to send it out as it being from God's being from God. They've left out words, changed words, changed the meanings to soften what the Bible has to say. In vain do they worship me. Those who know God have chosen not to give their heart and their mind to God. I still do it my way. Despite Frank Sinatra's song, I did it my way. There is no doing it your way. There's only two choices that you have. Doing it God's way or doing it Satan's way. There is no your way or my way of doing it. It's one or the other. And the choice is clear cut. It is only right for God to punish those who are punishing his people. To those who do not know God, but again you go back to Romans 1, 18, verse 20 and following. They knew God, but they chose not to retain him in their mind. So they cannot say, I did not know God. Creation tells you there is God. And no one is immune to that. It's amusing, but it's also sad to hear a world try to deny the existence of God by the world in which they see. And yet they really have no way of adequately explaining this world. Why it functions the way that it does. Why life 
plant life, animal life, human life functions the way that it does. So those who do not know God will pay a penalty because they have chosen not to retain God in their knowledge. And to those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, how many will call him Lord, Lord, and not do what he says? Why would they choose hell? Eternal separation from God simply for a few years of pleasure here. For a few years of not being persecuted. A few years of not being under the threat of death because of your belief in God. Why would they choose to go to hell as opposed to trusting God and giving their hearts allegiance to God? And to have that understanding, I do not know all the ways and the functions that God has designed this world or the human life. So I have to trust. I'd rather trust the one who is the designer. I'd rather trust the one who is the creator of life, the one who is the sustainer of life, than to trust the one who is described as a deceiver, the father of lies, deceptive, and utterly opposed to God. I read that the that hell was not designed for human beings or souls. It was designed for the devil and his angels. For those who choose to follow the devil, no, you're really not going to die eternally. No, you're really not going to be punished eternally. It's not like that at all. And that's what the world wants to hear. And that's what the world wants to believe. But God's word has still stood. Even those who have made the changes, it is easy to see where they've changed what God has said. You just take any of the older translations and make the comparison and you can see the difference. Where they've left off that which sounds horrible but it sounds horrible to us. Sometimes we forget how much God loves us and at times needs to chastise us and to correct us. As a child, I've heard the statement from my father, that this hurts me more than it hurts you made the one-time mistake of saying that no, there's no reason why both of us should be hurting. God loves with a love that is beyond description. God loves 
you as an individual so much that he planned to save you before he even formed you. How much it hurts him to have you reject that gift of salvation. He will not force you the freedom that he has given. At times it's hard, but it's a freedom he has given. But there's not a human being that's ever lived on the face of this earth or shall ever live on the face of this earth that will have any leg to stand on to make the statement, I did not know God. And then to those who will not obey, there's not a leg to stand on in that way. To have had God's word and then to have chosen not to obey it. Jesus' statement in Luke 6, 46 rings so loud and true at times. Why do you call me Lord, Lord? Why would you call me Master? Why would you call me Ruler? And not do what I say? There's this thing called Gospel, called Good News. It reminds man that he is in sin, separated from God. But that if he believes that Jesus is the Christ, that Son of the living God, if he believes to the point that he's willing to obey him, do what he says, which involves his repenting or turning from his sins, confessing that Jesus is the Lord and the Savior, being buried in a watery grave of baptism, to have those sins washed away in the blood of Christ, and then to be raised to walk a new life. But then as you walk that new life, it's a walk until death. You keep on walking, you keep on loving, and you keep on serving God. So the question is there, why choose hell? You answer this morning. You look at your life. It's not, are you pleased with your life? It's not, are you mostly satisfied with your life? It's not that you may need to make a couple changes in your life. It's do you love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind to the best of your ability with God's help? Are you striving to live that life so that at the end of life, whenever that may be, 
that you indeed may hear the words of the Master, the words that say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your Lord, as opposed to hearing the words, Depart from me, ye workers of iniquity, I never knew you. That's your choice. We can encourage, we can study, we can talk to each other, rebuke each other as necessary, but the choice will always be yours. Will you listen? Will you listen to the love of the Father in inviting you to come to dwell with him eternally? Or will you turn away that heart from him? Is thy heart right with God? Only you can answer that. You're encouraged to consider that this morning in your life. Is your heart right with God? If it's not, we would plead with you to make it right. If we could assist you, if we could help you in any way in that decision of making your heart right with God, then indeed, indeed we bid you to come as together we stand and sing. <laughs>